All right, guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Client Interviews. Today we have Ubayat. So Ubayat has been with us for, what, six months now? Yeah, around six months, actually. Yeah, six, seven, yeah. But we've seen you really explode when you've, when you've joined. Like, yeah. literally right about the first month when you've joined, your results have just, it, it's been absolutely outstanding. Considering what kind of situation, what scenario you're in. So just to give a brief highlight, I'm just going to share my screen real quick. Um, Ubai joined us like maybe in October. Uh, no. I joined in uh, like uh, July ending. So it was August. Yeah. Like. Right. So he came in and he was running his own um, agency mm -hmm. business. And you said that you were doing like over 90 calls and you only closed one of them. And you were seeing that the biggest problem was mindset, how you were pitching your offer and your services but then yeah. after you joined the program, you went from doing absolutely zero to doing 40 grand in total revenue in two weeks. And you closed five out of nine calls. So we're definitely going to talk about that, how your sales mindset changed to helping you do that. But even more um, impressive than that, it's like what environment you were in while you did that. So many of uh, you guys don't know, and I won't go into too much detail about it, but Ubayad lives in a... In a in a, in a state, in a, in a place where it's not politically great. It's, it's a war zone and he constantly had to be worried about his mental health, not his mental, sorry, his physical health, like your own survival. Because when you go out, there's, it's, it's a war-torn country, right? So if you want to elaborate a little bit about that and your experience, you know, it would be awesome. But if you don't want to talk about it, that's completely fine too. But Ubaid is someone who just turned 18 and living in these conditions, which was absolutely impressive but then we saw you transition from the agency business to starting up your own coaching offer because you saw that you weren't too passionate about that and yeah. then you grew your coaching offer to what from and we grew like sixteen thousand dollars in like eight days of launching it yeah and yeah. i think you just mentioned that a couple of days ago you did a 10k day yeah like literally two days before we had a ten thousand dollar day how does how does I just want to know, how, how does this 18-year-old do this? I mean, honestly, uh, there is, like, age doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's just, like, what do you do? Yeah. What do you get? It's, like, input and output, right? So I can be, like, 30. Like, I never had that age kind of limiting belief that, oh, I'm, I'm 16 or I'm 7. Like, uh, for example, when I was young, I became a software developer at age 16. Like, you know, uh, I was a full-stack developer at that time. So I never really had it. Well, what I had was uh, personally, like there was just something like a voice in my head. It was like, you're going to fail. And I always had that, like always, like uh, all the 90 calls. It was actually 120 calls. Mm -hmm. And every time I used to be on that call, like I actually went from zero to 6K in, in 20 days of starting my agency business. But then I got stuck for five months. And it was all because of that one thing, that one voice that you're going to fail. I'm sorry, like I'm feeling kind of nervous by saying this, but yeah, this is exactly what was the, the voice. And once I fixed that, once I reprogram my mind, uh, everything is just fixed itself, to be honest. That's amazing, dude. So I just want to know, like, what motivated you to jump into the program in the first place? Like, how did you even find out about this? How did you find out about me? Like, you know, and what made you at that point? Because I know where you live, you know, like investing what you invested in the program, it's a lot of money, right? But you, yeah. you know, not hesitating to do that, just going ahead, jumping on with it. Like what made you do that? How did you find out? If you could give us a brief context, that would be really great. 
So honestly, bro, like, sh- what, what happened? Are you there? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, can you hear me? So I thought like the call ended, but honestly, like, truth be told, I actually saw you when I was 15. Uh, yeah, like four years ago, you had 10,000 subscribers back then. But then internet was actually banned in my place for, for two years. So 15 to 17, I had uh, no internet at all. And a lot of progress happened with you and other people. Yes. So yeah, but what actually motivated me to join was one of your students bashing. So I just like saw his testimonial mm-hmm. and I forgot about you in those two years. And I just saw it and I just jumped in. I was like, let, let me see what, what he's got. And only had that amount of money, like the, the amount that Daniel pitched me, your sales guy. That was the only amount I had, but uh, in my mind, I was like, what's going to happen? Like, it's right, just like, right. I, and I respect that, man. Like the appetite, that kind of appetite for risk, because a lot of people nowadays, they're afraid of taking any risks, right? And when you don't yeah. take any risks, and I don't think like it should, it should never be one way or the other. It should never be extreme risk or no risk. It should be somewhere in, in between. You know, you've got to expand your comfort zone every single day. And the only way to do that is to take risk. So, I mean... I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, were you always like that? Like, did you always just jump in and you just went all in or do you feel that you're more conservative? I'll be honest, like, yeah. Like I always took risks. But since I was young, I just like, I dropped out of high school when I was like 15. Like I went to school since 15. So that, that kind of mindset always had it. Yeah. So I didn't really, under, like, I couldn't understand when people like, oh, I don't want to take risks. I don't really yeah. understand that. Uh, because to be honest, I don't really feel danger. I don't know why is that. Probably because I was born. Like I got arrested. Uh, I don't want to say this, but I got arrested when I was young, like 15 years old. I was in jail. Uh, so I don't really feel danger. And I think that's that's like one of the benefits that I had. I always like took risks. I don't even think about it. So yeah. Right, right. And um, I guess w- what is it like living where you're living? Because I don't think you were arrested for something that you actually did, but it was because of I, your environment. Yeah, honestly, man, I mean, living here is uh, when I was eight years old, we, it was six months of total curfew, yeah. uh, 12, 12 years old, uh, six months of total curfew in 2016, internet banned for six months, uh, pellets, guns, like you, you never know what's going to happen. Like you can just, just get arrested for anything, even posting on social media, you can get arrested, you know, because yeah. there there is no freedom, you know, so you that's, can't really do anything. That's kind of crazy because... I was actually talking to my dad about this. I was like, yeah, I have, a, I have a client who lives here and he knows that area very well. He's like, yeah, he, he just went from like zero to 40K a month. And my dad was like astounded. He was like, what, really? He lives in a war zone? Like, cause for most of us, this isn't a reality every day. Like we step out of the house, we don't expect to get shot or we don't expect to get caught up in a crossfire, you know? So just changing your mindset in, in an environment like that, I think is so much more impressive, you know, than, just like living in a comfy, cushy, um, I don't know, like I live, I'm in New York right now and I look around me, I'm like, I could just step out. There's no danger. There's no immediate danger to my health. So I guess, what was it like for you? You know, like what, what sort of thoughts go through your mind every single day? Because you told me the other day that one of your friends, you know, a close friend of yours, um, he, he passed away, he committed suicide. So yeah. Yes, it's, it's like a very low vibrational like environment that I come from. Mm-hmm. And uh, truth be told, like all these bad things that happened to me, I mean, honestly, I just took it like either it could be the greatest blessing of my life or it could be the, the worst curse, you know? And for example, like when I was nine years old, uh, there used to be teachers in, in my school who literally used to put a hot knife 
on my hand and my hand used to get burned yeah. for weeks and weeks. And my mom used to give me toothpaste to literally cover that pain. So I come from that, you know, but I took that instead of taking it like, oh, it's like trauma, it's just dead, I'm traumatized. I took it like, you know what? If I can bear that pain at age nine, I can, I can do anything. So I took it as a blessing, honestly. Uh, even going to business, I'm like, you know, if I live in a place like this and I'm surviving, business is not a big deal. So perspective, yeah. That's that's pretty huge, looking at it like that. And I, I think like in our immediate environment right now, you know, a lot of the, maybe the audience is watching this, it's very comfortable. We don't have to go through that. So that's why the business feels huge or like the relationship problem that we have feels huge. But then when you put it into perspective of what people are actually going through, you know, every single day, some people don't even have food on the table. They have yeah. to hunt and they have to like, you know, go out of their way to find food. They don't have electricity. They don't have work, water, or they live in a war zone. You know, when you think about those things, it makes it feel like, all right, business is a piece of cake. Yep. Like right now, we actually don't have electricity. Like we tried to reschedule this call three times because yeah. of the electric problem. So honestly, man, like a lot of people are like complaining nowadays. They're like, oh, this is wrong. That is wrong. But all I wanted to do is like live like a normal life. And I still haven't been able to achieve that uh, quite yet. But yeah. So it's, yeah. Okay. Here's something that's really interesting. So I've always believed that it takes a different environment to change someone. A big part of identity shifting is someone's environment has to change. But when yeah. I saw how you transformed, you know, using the program, using all of the tools, that kind of made me question myself a little bit and doubt myself. Like, okay, well, this person, like Ubaya didn't change his environment. He's changed himself while still being in the same environment. So I kind of want to know what it was like for you. Like before you started with us, what hmm. were you like? You know, how do you, how would you describe yourself? So truth be told, I was actually a skeptic of, of this whole manifestation mindset. Like I was one of the guys who was like, mindset is BS. I'll just be super honest because I used to like think about all the things I'd be like, Oh, there's this guy who made a $1 million, but his mindset is all like, all it's, it's not good. You know? So yeah. I used to give those examples, but, uh, so yeah, I, when I hopped on the call at that time, I was actually like telling him, I was like, dude, I mean, I don't really believe in this, but I'm, I'm still going to do it to see how it is test it. Yeah. So I come from that, you know, now the changes that you did, obviously like the first week and, and the second week, well, when we talk about that discomfort thing that made, uh, I say most of the changes, like, to be honest, I don't even do most of the exercises. That's another funny part. I just do like 20% of the stuff. Yeah. So the internal shifts, uh, Honestly, man, I think it's, it's thinking like I, the tools that you gave me, I just taught through them and uh, I took what, what is working, like the confirmations thing, bro. Like you have that on YouTube for free. Yeah. That helped me uh, a lot. Like that, that's the, like, I think that helped me like 80%, you know? Mm -hmm. So anybody who's watching this, take that. That's, that's good. You know? The confirmations. And, uh, the confirmations. Yeah, that's it. Because it, it, it changes your attitude to, towards yeah, things. Can you give me an example of how, how that helped you out? Yeah. So like I said, uh, for example, uh, I took that. So one of the con uh, affirmations I wrote, I was like, uh, I make progress fast, you know? And before that, I used to believe that, you know, I'm going to fail. I used to have that voice, you know, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. And that's what used to happen. Mm -hmm. But when I put that affirmation, uh, I, I make progress fast. And then I looked for things in past, like, Honestly, I used to be the kid uh, in the school who never really studied, but 
I still used to get like one of the, I used to be one of the toppers. So I took that as a confirmation. I took like, I became a software developer in like six months. I could have got a job at 16, took that as a confirmation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like, I went from zero to 6K with my agency in 20 days. So I took that as a confirmation. I was like, yeah, like things do happen to me very fast. So I can make progress very fast. And once that shifted, uh, then I went from zero to 40K. I think that was like the, the one of the biggest things to be honest. That's pretty huge. Like the fact that you're saying that. And I think this is like what you mean by reprogramming yourself, because it's kind of crazy to see, like when you set your mind to something and you consciously look for proof of it, then you can, then you actually start finding proof of it. Like when you said, Oh, I'm the kind of person who makes progress. Let's look for the, in the past where I've made progress and just focus on that because your previous mindset was, Oh, I'm going to fail at everything that I try. And I bet when you were going through all of these sales calls that you're doing, the 120 that you did, I bet you would, before you were even jumping on them, you're like, yeah, what's the point? It's probably not going to close again. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I literally used to feel that, bro. like yeah. when you say that, that's how I used to feel. I was like, this is not going to close. I'm just wasting my time. So how do you feel now when you get on a sales call? Like when you got into that groove and you started closing a lot more on those nine calls, how did you start feeling on every single call? Yeah. So there is, there's another problem that I had was like, technically logically like i knew like i could get to 20k i knew i could close yeah but i I was never really able to feel that that was the problem like i was always trying to intellectually understand like oh this is easy i need these causes but never really feeling that that's where the problem uh, happened and uh now when i'm on sales call i'm like the person like the other person Mm-hmm. Is, is basically uh, I should not say this, but like the other person is stupid if they don't hop in with me because yes, that's like the attitude that I have now. That's the and belief the conviction you have in your offer. Like you're silly if you don't buy from me. If you don't buy it, this exactly, offer, so it's no like confidence. Like sales is all confidence, right? And right. it's it's what you said to me on that call like well, a week ago. Like you just gotta accept uh, the outcome. It can be or it can't. I, that's how I do it. I'm like, it may close or it may not, but I'll, I'll just do my best. So right. kind of like letting that go is, is one of the biggest parts because before hopping on, I was like the guy. So one of the good beliefs that I had well, that was implanted in me when I was young, uh, by my parents, like not giving up. Like I, I, I never give up, you know? So that, that was one of the good beliefs that I had that has like kept me going on since now. Uh, and because of that, it just like, there's this hard line between not giving up and letting go, right? But with, does that make sense? Yeah. So because that always used to get attached to the outcome. Like it used to be like, oh, I have to, I have to make this. I have to make this. And that used to make me like feel uh, stressed out. Mm-hmm. And that like the excess potential that, that we talked in the week four. Yeah, week so you're three, building yeah. resistances by getting attached. And now you've learned the yeah. balance of when yeah. to let go and not give up on the goal, but try a different route, a different plan of action. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. I learned this the hard way too, man. Like, most of the times when you're a little bit analytical and you think very logically, it can be very easy to get lost in your head when you're like, all right, well, I know that in order to get successful, I have to do something. So keep doing, if I just keep doing, then I'll get somewhere. That's where most of us get stuck in that doing paradigm. Like just take massive action, keep doing something will happen. But most yeah. of the time it, there's, there's always like, it's more than just doing right. When you think yeah. about it even more logically, it's we're trying to be the most effective human beings that we can be. And we're yeah. human beings, not human doings. I learned that from Sadhguru, but I, I think that was super accurate when he, when he said that. And you know, it's, it's who we are that colors the actions that we take. 
So if you focus more on, okay, who is this person? How, how does this person act? This ideal self, this Ubaya 2.0, this quasi 2.0, how would this person show up to the sales calls? You know, how would they communicate with the prospects? When you come from that focal point of ideal self, focus on the ideal self, and then the doing, whatever actions you need to take will follow. Yeah, it's, it's what we talk in the program, you know, the being, it's, it's perfectly crafted actually, the being, doing, having. Exactly. So I used to be more on the doing, you're right, yeah. Yeah, it's easy to do that because, you know, when you think about being, that's something you have to think about. It's hard, like people don't want to think, they just want to mindlessly do. It's because yeah. we're lazy, you know, like naturally our natural state is, we don't want to expend more energy than is necessary. So why would we think about unnecessary things, right? Yeah. So I guess... Yeah. Going back to the point of, you know, who you were taking those 120 sales calls and who you slowly became, what did you think, like apart from the confirmations, what were some of the key things that you took away from the program that helped you make this transformation to buy 2.0? So truth be told, I haven't even been to the before now. Like it's only been three weeks and I think that has caused the 80% shift. So first, like I said, confirmations, that was one of the, the biggest things. And uh, actually getting myself into a state of feeling. And uh, that comes when you be that person, you know, being. So I was in that doing paradigm. And because that always like logically do stuff. But when I became that person, uh, that's where I actually used to like feel that, hey, I can do this. And yeah, so adapting that paradigm, uh, confirmations. And honestly, man, like, uh, letting go but when I say confirmations uh, I don't mean just like you have an affirmation and you find like confirmations in your past also mean like changing your attitude uh, towards like little things like like the example I gave you like the hot knife thing you know like I, I took that I was like oh if I can literally bear that pain which was so painful back then you know like dude uh, one of my teachers literally broke one of my left fingers and it's still not working like 100% doctor said it at that time it can't be fixed so I took that as like, oh, I've gone through this pain. I, I can do business as well. So yeah. That's insane. If that happened in the US, that teacher would go to prison. Uh, it doesn't happen here. <laughs> but that, that's, that's normal. I feel like a lot of people who are watching this would, you know, probably be very shocked because they're not like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't be accustomed to what's, what actually goes on because we get so sheltered. Sometimes we just get so sheltered to what's going on in other places in the world. We just like focus more on the current events, what's going on with the pandemic, et cetera, you know, but there's yeah, yeah. all this other stuff that's going on too, that people don't even bat an eye towards like all the inhumanity and injustice that's going on. But you're right, man. I mean, people are not really like grateful. Like I think people need a lot of like perspective, you know, like let's say like where you live, a lot of people like, Oh, I'm, this is hard. And honestly, everyone that I know want, wants to go to either US or Europe, like everyone yeah. I know, you know, so people should they even take that as a confirmation, you know? So, yeah. yeah. For sure. That's what I was going to say. All right. So now you've got your agency business and now you've started up a coaching business. Mm -hmm. What's your like, what how did, you, how did you get clear on, on these different paths? Like what made you switch from one to the next? Like, cause you mentioned your way of thinking has changed, right? So in terms of finding clarity in your life, how do you get clear on these different paths and how do you know when to execute and when to start them? How do I, honestly, 
how do I know when to start them? Mm, I I took the the advice you gave me like how long have you have been have you having like how long have you had this thought you know the example yeah. yeah so I I took that if I have something that it is bothering me for like months and months mm -hmm. that I know like I have to act upon like it is calling me you know so that's yeah. like one thing because the coaching business honestly dude I've had that thought from September but I never really did it, it until like uh, a month ago so that was one thing the the clarity part. I don't, to be honest, I don't really believe you can always get like a hundred percent clear until the end destination, you know, but what, what I think uh, is becoming clear on the end destination and then reverse engineering that and the path would always change, you know, there's always going to be variables you're going to change. That's, that's what I think. So yeah, I don't really think you can get like a hundred percent clear on the plan, but you can definitely get clear on the end goal. So yeah. So what is the end goal for you? Honestly, uh, the end goal for me is I want to build a technology company. Like, I'll just be super honest. This may sound weird, but when I was 14, I, I read this book about Steve Jobs. And since then, I want to I want to start a technology company. I really want to. Yeah, I want to build a huge billion dollar tech company. I'll just say it on here. And I've been trying to do that since I was like young. And I, I would do it. I don't know if it's going to fail. I don't know if it's going to pass, but I'll just do my best. Like, that's what I want to do. And that's what you can do, right? At the end of the day, that's what we all can do. Yeah, so that, that's where the, the letting go thing comes. Like if I was like previous to me, I'll be like, no, I have to do it. I have to do it. You know, I have to get to like, like billion dollars in the next 20 years. But now I'm like, you know what? I'll just do what I can. And if it happens, if it happens, if it doesn't, it's all good. So what were some of the biggest epiphanies you've had as you've gone through the program and as you've like become and changed into a different person? Uh, what are some of the biggest fitness I'll, I'll tell you, uh, becoming co comfortable with like not having the, the end goal that you want. So yeah, like becoming comfortable with, with, uh, with failure. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think you mentioned a little bit about this, like when you get on the sales calls and you're yeah. like, all right, if it goes well, then great. If it doesn't, then that's all right too yeah so before that i didn't really used to have that kind of pattern i used to be like oh if it doesn't go well that that means something is really wrong with me and yeah. then i used to like self-sabotage mm. i think that i think that was the the root problem like because uh, when i used to like self-sabotage and that used to make me feel like i'm gonna fail and i used to like keep repeating itself and uh yeah so can you elaborate what you mean by self-sabotage uh, so self-sabotage is like uh, a repetitive uh, cycle of uh, thoughts that are basically keeping you stuck in that. No, 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 for you, like what did, how did you self-sabotage? Oh, so for me, it was like, uh, I had a sales call, right? Yeah. So no, I got a first client for in the next, in the first 20 days, I made 6K. I didn't got him results because I was just starting out. So I was like, I took that as a confirmation. Hey, this is why I'm going to fail. Now I had a sales call. And it didn't close. So I, instead of being like, oh, it's fine. It didn't close. Next one will. I'll be like, that means something is really wrong with me. You know, right. I have to do something. And then I used to, yeah, it kept feeding itself. Right. So then you entered this negative feedback loop of like doubting yourself over and over and then becoming even more uncertain on the next sales call. Like, oh, something's wrong with me. I shouldn't take this call. Like, you know, I might mess yeah. up on that again. And then you keep focusing on that and you move towards what you focus on yeah yeah you're right focus is the key isn't it yeah always yeah so i think like that that was yeah dude like focus uh shifting my focus 
letting go confirmations. And when I say confirmations, it's not like what I said, like this is overall attitude, you know, overall like attitude, respect yeah. you, man. Like, yeah. I think, yeah. Like once you, once you start to confirm your attitude starts to get that new attitude that you're choosing, it starts to get reinforced, right? Like the new programming, the new way of looking at life. So for example, in the past, you looked at life as like, oh, nothing goes my way. And then you found proof of that because that's what you're looking for. Now you're like, I'm making progress. Everything is going my way. Then you find proof of that. And now your whole attitude changes anyways. And now it's kind of like a, you know, you're in a relationship and when you're in a relationship, you look at your partners, like little things, little flaws or something or little insecurities. And you're like, oh, that's cute. Because you're in love and your love is coloring like all of the insecurities and everything. That's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. But then once you break up and the relationship ends, then, then you look back at those insecurities and flaws that the other partner had. And you're like, oh my God, oh, why was I with this person? Oh, you know, all of these things were red flags. But you ignore these red flags when you're in love and you're colored. Your attitude is colored. Yeah. It just goes right. to show how subjective like our perceptions are. Right. Like we can overlook the bad things in our lives because we choose this new attitude with this new and we find new confirmations of it. Yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, like I don't really think we can become totally unbiased. So uh, that's used to be my position before hopping like with you. Yeah. But now I'm like biases can either like break you or make you. So I try to be as much biased as possible. Definitely. I and think you should be biased. That's what reality creation is, right? Being biased. Exactly. Being subjective. Right. Reality is subjective. Reality is subjective. Yeah, it definitely is. Mm. So let's look at other areas of your life. Like, you know, we talked about business and how that changed. So as you went through reality mastery, as you've gotten these tools and you've started applying them, you know, and I've also seen you become like, I know you said you haven't like used the program a lot, but I think you've come on the Q and A calls quite a lot and asked a lot of questions. Yeah. I think that's where like most of the value is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I believe like with the calls, you can get direct feedback based mm-hmm. on your own custom like question and get custom solution while the, the program itself helps you with the principles and learning those. And then you come on the calls and you get the principles applied for you. But what I was going to ask was what other areas of your life have you seen any changes or any improvements in? Cause I know we were talking about health at one point, you know, um, something about maybe smoking or anything else. Yeah. So in, in terms of like personal life, uh, in terms of personal, life, honestly, like I'll be honest, like I haven't really applied that much, like all this stuff in my personal yeah. life. It, I've shifted my relationship to my own self, like that has changed, you know, like how I used to treat myself, but like when it comes to other people, I'll just be super honest, man. Like I haven't really done anything in it. So yeah, sorry to disappoint you in that, but I haven't done anything. That's what we're here for. We're here to uh, get your honest, like feedback on how your life has changed and just you honestly sharing, but how about health or any other area of your life? Have you seen anything change? Yeah, I think emotions. Yeah definitely there's been a shift in my in my emotions and uh i'm I'm more relaxed now i'm more relaxed i'm more calm and there's this like deep sense of faith uh, in in something that that's gonna like help me and before that i honestly i never really had faith i'll just be super honest you know uh because that's what i thought being logical means you just have to be like 
always in doubt, skeptic of everything. Mm. But when you have that deep sense of faith, I think uh, it shifts everything. So yeah, health has has definitely improved uh, when I feel more relaxed. And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So you said that you didn't have a lot of faith before and you were more logical. What yeah. What helped you? I mean, I know, I think I know what your answer is, but for everyone watching here, what helped you cultivate that faith? Because we get that question a lot. Like, how do you go from being so analytical, being so logical to just letting go of all of that and just having faith and just trusting? I mean, so it was, I'll be honest, the answer for me is also like a little logical because uh, I was like, you know what? My current model of reality is not working at all. So let me like test another model. Right. And that's it. Uh, I just was like, let me see how it works. And it did work. Like, I'll be honest, I come from a very, very religious family. So that they had it. Like, my dad always used to be like, you, you got to have faith. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, faith doesn't help, you know? And you got to let it go or something like that. And I was like, nah, you just got to keep pushing. You got to keep yeah. pushing. And uh, yeah, so uh, I was like, let me adapt that for, for some time. Let me test. And it worked. So. Okay, so you're saying that you logically thought about your current model of reality and yeah. how your current way of thinking and you were like well this isn't working so let's try out a different way yeah that's honestly like i think that's that's the best way to do it like you know i think that boils down to self-awareness and understanding like how to overcome your own rational mind the guarded mind because you know that you're an analytical person and therefore you need proof right so yeah. naturally you're you're of the analytical nature and that's why we do the um the personality tests in the program to yeah. help you figure out like what kind of what's your personality what's your biases what do you favor yeah. more are you more of a logical more of a feeling person so it's a uh, it's interesting to see that you use that logic to your advantage rather than detrimentally working against you yeah i mean do, do you know what, what an axiom is i mean an axiom yeah yeah so yeah, and if you don't like epistemology and you can have reasonable, uh, so I was like reading that. So you can have reasonable beliefs uh, without actually having like a, a proof about them. So that's what I did. I was like, I just, I try to live life with more like an axiomatic. I try to live more like an axiomatic life. And for all of those people who don't know like philosophy and all that stuff, an axiom is basically really like presupposed logic where there is no logic. So I tried to have that now more often, but I don't really look for logic. I just presuppose the outcome. Does that, does that make sense? Kind of. An example. So like, let's say God, yeah. instead of before that, I used to just like prove this. Now I, I don't, I just like presuppose it. Right. That, that's what faith means to me. That it, just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like presupposing it without even like finding for proof now. Hmm. Well, whatever works for your individual self. And that's why I always encourage people to find out how they operate naturally, what their personality types are, what are their natural biases. Yeah. And then we can, we have a starting point to work towards. So do you feel that, you know, you, you kind of got more self-awareness through this process of how you operate your own biases, your own ways of thinking, your own beliefs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but honestly, bro, like when I was going to hop in, in your program, I was talking with one of my friends and he was like, uh, don't do it and stuff but you're right it definitely helped me uh self-awareness yeah it's, it's made me a lot more 
able to understand reality. I think also is like also posted a question about it because I'm trying to like more understand it. Yeah. So yeah, it has helped me understand reality more and how I interact with it mm-hmm. and how actually like my because because before happening with with you, I was like, oh, what well, what is this belief and all that shit? It doesn't work, you know. Yeah. That's not how it works. But now, yeah. It is like your beliefs are definitely gonna like shape your reality. You know, like I think life is all in your head. You know, so, yeah, definitely. So, it's a subjective, like we said, it's a subjective reality. However, you perceive things, you're gonna start to look for proof of those. Yeah, I mean, even like the Steve Jobs book I read, mm-hmm. even uh, he says like he was like the the author that uh, wrote it. He wrote it. He wrote multiple times that the the guy was delusional. So definitely. He said Steve Jobs was delusional. Yeah, all of the employees and stuff, they used to have, they used to call, uh, like there was one thing that they used to say, they used to be like, Steve has this uh, delusional feel, like delusional reality kind of feel where uh, he sees reality in a different manner than other people. So he used to be very delusional than other people. And that, that's, that's what happened for him. You know, like he used to be, he used to park in handicap uh, parking spots. It's fine. Now he used to be like, rules don't apply to me. And uh, yeah, that, that definitely shaped his reality. So you're right. It's hilarious. It's, it kind of reminds me of um, Elon Musk too. You know, like if you look at, like I was reading one of his autobiographies and someone, I think one of his old, his ex-wives um, was like, it's like you are in Elon's world and you're just, Elon has his own world and you're just a part of it. You know, that's how they describe him. It's like he lives in his own little world and with Mars and everything. And he's like creating his own world himself. Yeah. And his like resolve is so strong. His intent is so strong that he's like manifesting it into reality. Kind of like with Jeff Bezos too. You know, they're so convicted in their own like beliefs and their own worlds yeah. that it literally, they start to create that layer of reality in this physical, um, in, 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 in its physical manifestation. Yeah, you're right. But like, well, here's the thing. I think like they're, they're doing it subconsciously, but what you have created, you're actually like consciously breaking it down and how to actually build that conviction. Right. And if people can apply it, honestly, like their, their whole life is going to change. Yeah. Conviction is super important. Absolutely. So I guess if you could pinpoint one thing that made the most difference, the 80, 20, let's say, what would you say that you took away from the program? that made the biggest difference for you? Like the principles or, or like the whole anything. thing? It could be anything. You just Honestly, the, the this whole one concept. The Q&A. No, if you're talking about like, if say the Q&A calls help me a lot, but if you're talking about like the concepts. Yeah. Uh, like if you're talking about the concepts, let me, let me think, give me one sec. Uh, I think, like I said, Conviction, what we were talking about, the confirmation thing. And, mm. and, and having having a certain kind of identity, which we talk, which, you know, the week two, and then increasing your conviction in it, and right. which we were talking, right, like literally like two seconds for. So I think that, yeah. So guys, if you're listening to this, confirmation is, and changing your attitude is one of the biggest things that was helpful for Ubaid, for someone who's lived in that, you know, in that environment, and still while being in that environment, be able to change himself and achieve all of these things that he's achieved. So I guess just to really um, conclude this, what's the next step for you? Like for, for here? 
Yeah, uh, one skill to consulting. What? Yeah, for your life, for your business. For my life, honestly, I wanna, I wanna, like I said, I think we talk about it a lot, but I really wanna build a consulting business to uh, at least five hundred thousand dollars per month. That may sound too much, but I wanna do that so I can at least have a ten million dollar portfolio maybe in the next three to five years, and if that is possible, then I can execute the the tech company, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, so that, that's where I, I see myself going. But if that doesn't happen this way, then uh, I'll find another way. So yeah, helping more people with my coaching business, uh, helping them start their coaching business, getting them results, and uh, then, then seeing if I can do something in tech. That's fantastic. That's amazing, man. I love that you have this vision and you're going towards that every day. And I guess um, just a final remark, like if someone were watching this right now and they were on the fence, you know, they're probably in, in a similar situation to you, you know, they're considering starting up their own business. They've been really struggling with the past and they've had a lot of failed attempts and they're about to give up. They don't know what to do. And they're on the fence about joining this program. What would you say to them? Uh, first of all, I mean, uh, here's the thing. If a 17 year old kid would literally like peep in a place where people make $200 a month, like, that's, that's really, really good for people where I live. If a person like who dropped out of high school, was arrested, uh, had $200 last year, if I can do it to the point where now I've invested uh, at least $20,000, like close to $20,000 in my education and stuff uh, in just a year, if I can build like a coaching business worth $33,000 in like 30 days, then there's no reason you can't. So yeah. Like if I can do it from literally the, the worst, all, all the worst conditions, you know, all, favors having, get up, all odds stacked against you. Yeah. Not like, even like we didn't even have internet. Like when I first started my agency, it was last year, July, not, not last year. It was like 2020 July. That time we didn't have internet and all that stuff. So I had to wait. So if I didn't have internet and you know, I dropped out of high school. I haven't went to school since I was like 15 and people here are, they're way more than what people are there so that's the second third thing if i can do from here there's, there's no reason you can't so yeah like i'll say like there's one quote that i remember from napoleon hill it's like successful people make decisions really fast well people are really unsuccessful usually procrastinate on it so you want to be unsuccessful procrastinate on it but if you don't then then do it so yeah Awesome, man. Well, thank you for doing this interview, dude. This was really, I hope this was valuable. This is, I learned a lot from it for sure. And um, if I'll attach Ubaid's socials in the description below, you can, you know, find him on his Facebook or Instagram or his website. Yeah. And uh, do we have like a referral system. Hmm? Do we have like a referral system for this video? <laughs> um, I don't know. We can talk about that afterwards. <laughs> But if you guys have any comments or something, you know, it'll, you can put it in the comment section or if you have any questions for Bide, you can contact him directly or post it in the comments. You have, any, you have a YouTube account, right? Yeah, I have a YouTube. I'll, I'll link down my Facebook. So that's for I'm most active, Facebook okay. and Instagram. Perfect. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. Till next time. Peace. You too.